Hi, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of the Shop Notes podcast. I'm your host, Phil Huber, joined with my co-conspirators, Logan and John. Today is episode number 79, and we give a couple of shop updates today and talk about some of our favorite tools and Logan's upcoming trip to the woodworking show in Las Vegas. Viva! Hope you enjoyed today's show. This episode of the Shop Notes podcast is brought to you by Woodsmith Magazine. Woodsmith Magazine has been the trusted source for all your woodworking information for over 40 years. From tips and techniques to furniture projects to shop projects, you'll find it all at Woodsmith Magazine. Subscribe today at woodsmith.com. All right, so let's start with the show. Yeah. Mr. Whitmer. Yeah. I'm thinking next week for the podcast... We're doing it while Live you're there. Live at AWFS. We're going to have to bring right. in my announcer voice. Welcome to the Shop Notes Podcast. Live at AWFS. Yeah, where you have to have that, like, overblown. <laughs> yeah. I'm yelling because it's yeah. really loud yeah. here. You can walk around the floor and just start, like, grab people to interview. Awesome. And, like, uh-huh. I have no problem doing that. Yep. So what are, you, what are you hoping to see well, here so, next week? <clears throat> to be honest with you. AWFS generally is, I would not call AWFS a consumer show, necessarily. It is more of an industrial show, so it's more of a show for big cabinet manufacturers, big big furniture makers. It's a lot of industrial equipment is what it is. So it's a lot of people in the woodworking world that produce industrial equipment so you know you have a lot of um uh, big companies that make doors or cabinet parts or edge banding machines stuff like that now there are some smaller uh i say smaller they're still huge companies but some um uh hobbyist or consumer facing companies that are going to be there uh you know we have um uh, Triton will be there. Uh, Rikon's not there this year. Um, Rikon's there fairly often. Um, so a lot of those type of companies will be there in some capacity. Uh, to be honest with you, we are there. Uh, Jack and myself are going to be there more to meet with clients, to meet with some of our big advertisers, uh, to kind of see what they have going on, what their plans are for this year. Um, you know, So we'll be having dinner with a couple of them, having breakfast with a few more of them. So it should be a good show. We'll see. I will say, for anybody from Las Vegas, I apologize, but not my favorite city in the world. Not even in my top, <laughs> not even the top half of my favorite cities. Wow. Sorry. And Las Vegas has always spoken highly of you. Oh, no. <laughs> and then you go turn around and backstab oh, like I that. just, yeah. They have the Raiders now, yeah. so. Oh, yeah, they do. I'll tell you what, last time I was in mm-hmm. Vegas, the amount of people that were there to see the Raiders play that you could tell they were there to see the Raiders play was a little obnoxious. Which, and I think I speak for for the, the Las Vegas population, that they are not a fan. So it, bring, it brings no. a lot of people in from, like, California and stuff to see them. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And I think the... Yeah. T- All the Oakland, Los Angeles fans yeah. that... I, th- I think, I think the, the tickets are fairly cheap, so... So yeah. I think I think it gets a lot of influx of people, and they're there to party. Yep. No, thank you. And they're pretty theatrical fan base. Yeah, they are. I believe that's true. So I still, 
I still think of them as the Oakland That's, Raiders. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and to yeah. me, I feel like their their foray to Los Angeles for a while was, I don't know, felt out of step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a couple of weeks ago here in Iowa, I was behind a car that had uh, Nevada license plates that were Raiders branded license plates. And it took me a second to be like, Oh, that's cool that, you know, you can get any NFL team <laughs> and on your, and then it's like, Oh wait, yeah. they're in Nevada no, now. Right. Oh, I forget. So, I mean, you're an AFC fan I Logan, know. with as, as, as a I dolphin know. fan. Like how have you felt about the Raiders? I, I mean, whatever. I mean, so yeah. my, my philosophy on the Raiders as a team and as a fan base, you can't play for the Raiders nor be a Raiders fan unless you've been to jail. <laughs> so that's fair. Uh, all right, I'm ready for all the hate mail from the Raiders fans that listen to us. Right. That was, yeah. Uh, yeah. but that was yeah. You're gonna and you're gonna be segment. in Las Vegas. I will. I know. This, right, I might week. get jumped. This, so might they get jumped. they know where you're at. But so. yeah, so no. Uh, so it'll be AWFS, um, and then I think next year is going to be the show in Atlanta. The uh, I, IWF, IWF will be in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, which that one's not necessarily a consumer show it either. Is not. I mean, I feel like they're it is not. Um, they just kind of alternate location. It's essentially, I don't know. From the outside, I'm sure that there are insiders that are totally going to correct mm-hmm. us here. So bring it. But I feel like it's exactly the same show, just with different names, and they alternate the cities that they're yeah. in. Yeah, and and I I get that, and I see that. Um, there was when I was in the print industry. There was a couple of print shows that did the same thing, and mm-hmm. it was interesting going to all those print shows because you got different companies at each because of where they were located. So it's like so oh, like sure. this next the IWF will be in Atlanta, I believe. Um, so the yeah. companies that are on the eastern half of the country are more likely to attend that than they are to go to Vegas. Although Vegas is so cheap to get to, anyways. But so. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting. I, you know, uh, to be fair, one of the reasons I I decided to take the the position at Popular Woodworking was that I do enjoy a lot of client interaction. I've been in sales for a number of years, so being able to meet with our advertisers and our partners in the industry, and you know, go hang out with them, see what they have going on, collaborate with them. That was a that was a large portion of what. Um, made the decision for me so i'm looking forward to it you know you are our extrovert. yeah I, that, that is true, true. yep so <laughs> so it'll be fun it will be fun okay all right bring back samples bring back all the samples <laughs> yeah that's that's the trade show thing that it drives me absolutely nuts about trade shows and i get it like when i was in college i had my entire like dorm room and apartments in college were covered in like print posters. I, I was a complete print nerd. So they were covered in like big, huge mm-hmm. glamour posters from, you know, HP and Heidelberg and stuff. And everybody showing off their amazing print graphics and stuff, you know, foil stamping and UV and stuff. And they're just like really cool photos or they're, they're not of like a printing press. I'm not that nerdy, but it's like <laughs> a picture of a, you know, a Lamborghini where it's all glossy and stuff, you know, it's stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And that was fun to go to trade shows back then and get stuff like that. Now I just I hate tchotchke type stuff. 
So it's like when somebody's like, hey, you want a free stress ball with our name on it? I'm like, nope, I do not. Unless you want to watch me throw it in the garbage as I walk away, I don't. I am sorry. Wow. I'll take your business card, but that's it. Yeah. Take your stress ball, walk 10 yards, and turn it around mm-hmm. and wing it back at you. That's right. I did. So this actually ties into what uh, to the Shop Notes podcast in one way, kind of. Uh, I did order some popular woodworking polos to wear when I was there. And we've had a lot of people asking us about Shop Notes apparel the mug that Phil uses, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and that stuff will be coming to the Woodsmith website very soon. So I have everything in place to do it. I just got to get the time to get everything up. So if anybody has special requests for apparel or product, product. let me know. And we'll see what we do to get some branded product up there. Um, Maybe some stress balls? <laughs> no, no. We're not doing stress balls. Oh. I would love a shop notes zip up like, yeah, sweatshirt. That would be cool. I would that's my okay. request. Got it. I'm long past the point where pullover hoodies make sense for me. Because you throw your back out when you put them on? Practically, yeah. I feel <laughs> like trap. A, I either need to see a chiropractor <laughs> just before or just after especially removing it. And B, it just is. I just always just find it to... fit me weird. So, yeah. But the cool thing is about this, um, about how we are planning on doing this apparel, is that it is all printed on demand, so we don't have to inventory anything. So if it, somebody's like, "Hey, I really want a, you know, a shop notes baseball jersey," okay, great. I'll put it up there for you. Right. You can order it. You might be the only sure. one. It's a collector edition. Yeah. It's limited edition. There's only one available. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. nice. Get your favorite player's name on the back. And... Yeah. Oh, that would be weird. Yeah. Stickers? Can we do stickers? On uh, I think we can. Yeah, I'm sure we could. I thought Printful yep, had stickers. I think we could. Because so. that'd be fun. I'd do scratch a shop notes, shop notes sticker. Yeah, we sticker. do scratch and sniff walnut ones. That'd right. Awesome. Ooh, the Shop Notes podcast as a sticker, that the mug logo. Yeah, that'd be cool. You know. All that stuff. Is this all cliche because we're a podcast? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. I think it's fun. Yeah. I just got a sticker in the mail for Wooden Boat magazine. I always thought their what? logo I was What? I didn't get one cool. of those. Did you have to request that? No, because it came, this is going to make it sound way less cool than it is, Okay. as part of a subscription offer for direct mm. mail. Free uh, sticker enclosed. Let's see the sticker. Where is it at? Let me see if I still have it here. Because they do have a very cool logo. It's already on his bumper of his car. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to turn my webcam around and show you my car across the street. Mm-hmm. You gotta sign up for their fan club, and then you get stickers. Yeah, I guess. You know, that's that's something I've been wanting. I think if if I talked about wanting to build a boat, if I talked about that at all, yeah, I, I think you talked about it just last. Did week, I? Maybe, okay. Or the week before? Oh uh, yeah, Cedar Strip There's Canoe, the wooden boat one. Yeah. So it's, cool. I believe it's uh, inspired by a light uh, Viking longboat. That's what it looks mm-hmm. like. Viewed front on, but. I always thought that they had a cool logo. Yeah. So, yeah, 
I did talk about the Cedar Strip Canoe, about how it would be nice to have the room to do it. Yeah. Because we have so many different titles, um, we as Active Interest Media, our, our parent company, we have a marine group. And the Marine Group are kind of hoity-toities because they service a clientele that has very, very, very large, very expensive boats, right? Right. But I thought it would be a very cool collaboration to build a, like, 28-foot center council, like, deep-sea fishing boat with them. We could do a collaboration between Angler's Journal, the Marine Group, and the Home Group. That would be awesome. Okay. That would be amazing. So yeah, I volunteer to build it. Collaborate with the da- <laughs> collaborate with the Downing family that used to work mm-hmm. here. They were right. big mm-hmm. boat. They sailed big though. boat family. That's true. I mean, we could put a mast on it. That'd be all right. Yeah, it's hard to fish around a mast. You need like the hard top tea canopy not, so you can have not your with that kind outriggers. of outriggers. <laughs> we'll just build two. <laughs> the, see, the problem is, and I've I've like. I have bought so there's a there's a gentleman by the name of Jeff Spira, S P I R A, and Jeff uh, has been designing boats for 35, 40 years, and he sells his boat plans. And I've bought one of his boat plans for a center council fishing boat um, because at some point during my life I will build one. That is like my life goal. Like Frodo had his ring, I have a boat that I need to build. Okay. And Frodo's ring was kind of the the end of him. Well, uh, he, and you know that. Yes, right? I know. There's an interesting parallelism here because my <laughs> wife may end me if I do this. But I have all like the entire material list in an Excel spreadsheet, and the cost for it was not too bad until lumber prices went through the frickin' roof, mm, and then all of a sudden, sure. what would be a you know six thousand dollar boat to build all of a sudden became a twenty five thousand dollar boat to build, and it's like I've been thinking I'm like. Mm. I got a lot of ash logs at my house. Like, how well would ash do as a boat would? The boat would get mm. extremely heavy, I think. Yeah. yeah, but I would think you would be able to use it for, you know, like the f- larger framing. Yeah, and that's members, and, timbers, or yeah, whatever and they call it. All, most of Jeff Spiro's boat designs are very, very similar. Well, not really. Kind of similar to how we built the one for here for the Woodsmith that we did last year. Oh, okay. Uh, but he uses um, dimensional lumber, so 2x4, two 2x6, by two by like, stringers underneath the floor and up the sides. Oh, really? Yeah, so instead of using dimensional lumber, I was like, I could use ash, I think. The boat just gets heavy. Not that big a deal. And to be honest with you, a heavier boat sometimes is better because the momentum helps you break through waves and stuff. Now, yeah. I say this, that I'm like I want to build like a, a blue water fishing boat to take out like in the you know Gulf Stream off the East Coast. I'm in the middle of Iowa. I'd have to pull it 26 hours to get over <laughs> to the Gulf or get right. to the over to the coast. But come on, that would be cool. Well, I mean, you got to sell it right though, because what I'm thinking is that you build it, and then could you take it? just south of lake red rock mm-hmm. and then the and then fish your way from the des moines river through the mississippi new orleans gulf of mexico this is turning into an epic journey mm-hmm. 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 It, I w- as soon as you said frodo i'm like 
yep. super long, uh, arduous journey. If we could get the Marine Group and Angler's Journal to go in on this with me, absolutely. I am down. I will be freaking Huckleberry Finn, and we'll just be going down the Mississippi. <laughs> Although there is a different route, right? Couldn't go. You can't go like north through the Great Lakes. Uh, yeah, you could. Yeah, because so, you could. Once you get to the Des Moines from the Des Moines River and you hit the Mississippi, if you hang a left instead of a right, okay, then you get the Illinois River. Yep. To just south of Chicago into Lake Michigan. Yeah, because there is a there is a lock there that will yep. get you into the. Is it the Chicago River? Yeah, my, that will get you into Lake Michigan, and then you could go. See, I'm I'm liking this. Now the problem is, or you have to do the circle. Yes. Oh, that would be so awesome. Like I'm thinking, we can. Yeah, this is going to be a loop. great YouTube series. There's a name for it too. Like it is. I've seen in the. Yeah, it's like the the Great Circle Tour or yeah, something like that. Yep. Or so. we could call it Logan's Run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's my be, like, that's really my namesake. You, you guys knew yeah. that, right? That was what yeah. I was named after. Was that movie? And right. my my brother was named Spencer for Spencer for Hire. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so your parents watched a lot of TV, is what you're telling I think me. My dad did. I don't think my mom was. <laughs> I don't think she was as enthused, but. So, yeah. uh, so what I'm hearing now is we're going to start a GoFundMe so we can make this happen. <laughs> right. <Yes. laughs> mm-hmm. Offset the cost. So. Yeah. All right. So enough about my boat journey that I want to take. I mean, a canoe would be fun. I would love to make a canoe. Yeah. I'm more of a small rivers and lakes kind of yep. person than I am. Mm-hmm. And I don't really fish. Yeah. Well, and- I mean, I'll, I'll blow an afternoon with anybody who wants to fish just to chat and yep. hang out on the water. But yeah, I mean, it's, I just didn't grow up with it. So, well, and to be honest with you, not fishing takes a whole lot of, it's weird because fishing supposed to be relaxing, but it takes a whole lot of stress off of it. You know, it's like, Hey, just grab, grab a cooler and some sandwiches and your boat and you're just floating, you're floating and looking, mm-hmm. you know, it's, yeah, it's awesome. Like, and yeah. Had a lot of people on the last episode, I think it was the last episode or two episodes ago, commenting about how people have also wanted to build mm-hmm. canoes. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think it's a common, like, project that people, you know, dream. It's a dream project. Yeah. So. But, like, an approachable dream project. I mean, oh, completely. You know, because yeah. a canoe you can keep in your garage or whatever, and it's not a big deal. You don't have to. Yeah. You don't really need a trailer for it, or especially if you build a shorter one. Um, like the the two canoes I have are both eighteen footers, and they're long. They're hard to handle. The aluminum one's pretty heavy. It's ninety eight pounds, something like that. Yeah, but if you build like a, a shorter, you know, fourteen to sixteen footer, a one person cedar strip canoe. Oh man, yeah, throw it in the back of a truck. They weigh fifty pounds. You know, not bad. Yeah. So again. And for fear of uh, repeating last week's podcast, there's a little pucker factor involved when you just spent a couple hundred hours building a canoe and all of a sudden you're paddling around rocks and mm-hmm. down trees and yep. gives me a little bit of anxiety. But yeah. Well, it's like driving around with a new car. Yeah. You, know, you just just get that first door ding say, and be done with just it. Just drop it on a rock right off the bat before it touches the water. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Flex seal isn't that expensive either. I mean, <laughs> oh, 
Hold on, hold on. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by Flex Seal. <laughs> yes. Has, has some, on that note, has somebody bought Flex Seal, or is it just its own no. brand still, or is it like Rustolium owned? I don't oh, know. I have no idea. Okay, well, I just figured you guys would know. Like you guys know, like a lot of facts. So, Google it. Yeah, but see, that's more like a useful piece of information. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's not really our stock and trade. That's true. That's <laughs> that's fair. Looks like Flex Seal is still owned by Flex Seal. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. It's cool to see, like, you know, mom and pop business making it. Rich mom and pop business. Mm-hmm. Huh. Interesting. All right. All right. Speaking of brand new projects, I am this far away from actually finishing my workbench, which I had threatened to build in one of the podcasts from near the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to admit something that I, in January, it was kind of a dream that I would build a workbench. And if you go back to that podcast episode and run through all the reasons why I wanted to have another workbench, a different workbench, not a second workbench. Um, But I wasn't actually sure that it would really happen. Sure. And then we decided to do it for videos, to do videos of it. And then it kind of became a little bit more real. And then once it went on the schedule for Woodsmith Unlimited members for their weekly subscription, then it became even more real because now Becky was on my case to be able to finish it in a timely manner. Yeah, that's, that's one good thing about doing projects on video is once you start them, you are forced to finish in a timely manner. Becky forces us to finish. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So, which is a good thing. So, yeah, gets done. Well, that's always been what I've said. It's like if you want to build something, just put it on the video schedule, and then you'll have to build it. Right. right. It takes the joy out of it, but you have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so this, the past segment that I was working on was completing the bench top, which I'm following a plan from Shop Notes, which is on Woodsmith Plans, and I wasn't. I made a couple of modifications to it in terms of size and whatever. But now that I have it done, the top done, and as I cleaned it up, I was like, this is super cool. I'm I'm really pleased with how it turned out. So I, not necessarily anything because of – I feel like my craftsmanship took a step up in making the top. Well, in making the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But the top itself was – kind of fun to see you know get the clamps off and then start planing down the surface because it's a solid wood top and it's like boom there it is Mm -hmm. it looks super cool yeah yeah there's a few details you have to do but when you got the top on yeah it's like it's real oh it's a bench yeah real bench so and then so you know what the crux of this whole thing is going to be phil is when you finish your bench and it leaves that's going to force us to clean up the rest of the video studio (laughs) because because the video studio right now is kind of a disaster yeah but i haven't been motivated to pick my stuff up out of it because i'm like yeah phil's bench is in here still yeah taking up like an acre of space so it's like you know what when it's done we'll clean yeah so next week 
hopefully we'll be finishing we'll be filming the finale of the bench anyway um so i'm excited about it it's it's pretty cool i still i was talking to john about this the other day that the bench base has eight drawers in it and i have absolutely no idea what i'm going to put in those drawers i'm feeling like one of the rare woodworkers even in my own past woodworking shopping environments feeling like i have abs i have too much storage right now and it's a weird weird feeling because ordinarily it's the reverse yeah i i know it's they're gonna get filled yeah and i will be disappointed at that because it'll be like i think i have too many possessions well and my problem is uh, like I get what you're saying, and it's true. You can have you can have too much storage because what happens then? At least when I have, like, I added um, like a little rolling. It's like a little rolling tool chest cabinet thing under my sharpening station, and all of a sudden I had like six new drawers. So I started breaking stuff out of other drawers, put them in those drawers, and then all of a sudden I'm like, where did I put? It's like where did I put something? <laughs> And then it's like, oh, it's in the Forstner bit drawer. Right. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. it's almost better in my, I don't know. It's almost better to have, like, everything, um, yeah, I don't know. Just out on the workbench. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, it's like, I mean, in that tool cabinet, I put, like, finishing stuff in the very bottom, because it's the deepest drawer, and that's all heavy. Then the next drawer up, I put kind of specialty, like mica powders and dyes and stuff like that. Hmm. And then the next drawer up is random tools. Next drawer up is random tools. And all those random tools, I'm like, oh, this is my random tool drawer. But then I start looking for a random tool, and I go to where I had it last, not where I have it now. So. Yeah. No, I'm sure there's going to be a certain amount of, like the old memory game where you had to like flip over two cards and find the same faces, you know, it's yeah. going to be that once I start moving in there. But, um, but one of the things, um, uh, that I found was interesting is the middle part of the bench top has a big glued up panel that's like inch and a quarter thick and about just shy of six feet long. And we have, a really cool jointer in the shop and I thought I'm just going to use that because it's a carbide spiral cutter head on it and I'll joint the two edges and get a sweet glue joint except when I ran both boards across went to glue it up or you know yep. fit the boards together and I had a an ultra mega spring joint in there oh, it's in called that, a that spring joint yeah, it, at the center of it, I had probably almost a quarter of an inch gap, which takes a solid amount of clamping pressure to squeeze out. And I felt like that was probably non-standard. So I ended up having to do something that in my head I wanted to do all along was use my jointer plane and joint the edges that way, which on six foot boards, is doable but challenging for the simple fact that you end up having to like switch boards in the vise often you know and moving them around and then test fitting is not as easy as if you just have you know like 
two three foot boards or something so but anyway i feel like i was able to one of those skills that i improved on was my hand edge jointing abilities sure so yeah now i think that is one of the biggest issues i think in like trying to work in the photo studio or video studio like we do a lot is tools get moved around and stuff gets knocked like i have recalibrated that like that joiner when it's calibrated is phenomenal yeah but it gets moved around so <laughs> much and and shifted and you know not gently moved either mm-hmm. i mean it's more move it so we can get cameras and and it gets it gets knocked so mm-hmm. i've got that same issue and it doesn't have the longest jointer beds in the world either no, it's not, but you know, I felt like it was still long enough that a six-foot board should have been okay. Yep. So, And I surfaced the bench top by hand, which I was a little worried about in terms of tear out or whatever, because mm-hmm. I had just different grain structures or whatever. Yep. But again, I got it smooth but flat as well, so that was yep. kind of fun to realize that I had that in me to be able to do. Sure. John, what do you got going on? Well, I finished my uh, grill cart that we you know, talked about, and it's not a cart for a grill. It is a grill that was converted into a cart, shop cart, if you weren't listening. I think last week we were talking about it. So it's a pretty fun little project because it was easy. Just tear all the grill stuff off and put new shelves in and kind of customize some stuff and turn it into a little sharpening station. So, you know, for as rinky, janky racking that the grill was, things actually really solid. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm actually really cool. impressed by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Cause I was, I was ready to do that as a tip, but I wasn't sure how well it would turn out. Right. Yeah. And actually, is that like a lot of tips? It's like, oh, we'll build this and go straight to the dumpster as soon as we photograph it. And this one's like, oh, I might find a little home in, in the shop here. Carts are always, you know, come in handy. So, yeah. I might stick around for a while. And it's pretty lightweight, too. I was kind of surprised. Yeah. Like, I mean, not flimsy, but. Yeah. Yeah, because and and the the one side of it has like the bigger like six inch wheels on it, so it's not those little uh, tiny uh, casters that you would see on uh, most grills. So it can be wheeled around pretty easily. So I like yeah. that. So, but so that was a pretty easy project to get done and off the books. Yeah. So on to the next thing. Any any playhouse updates? Oh, the kids keep bugging me to paint it, but I think it rains just often enough where I can avoid it for now. But it's one of those things that it's there. It's usable. Right. Or it's too hot to paint. Yeah. It's like I could brush it on, but each brush stroke is going to dry as I put it on. Right. Would you, if you painted it, John, would you brush it? Would you roll it? Would you spray it? Um, I'd probably just brush it. Uh, I don't know. It's got like the, that kind of rough, uh, like, what is it? Like T1 siding or whatever. Oh, yeah, so yeah. 11, yeah. It, it would probably spray pretty well too, but 
don't know. It's not that big. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see if it ever happens. I despise brushing. <laughs> yeah. Despise it. And that's probably why I've avoided it too. Cause I, I think it was just, it's just going to turn into be a mess. Yeah. Of dripping everywhere. Well, and... see, I always like, I, I get impatient when I'm brushing paint and I'm like, this brush does, and maybe it's because I buy cheap brushes, but it's like this paint doesn't hold, or this brush doesn't hold paint, so you end up like scooping it like an ice cream scoop and then <laughs> slapping it on so the paint yeah. stays on there, and then you have more paint you can spread around. Like, I hate it. hate yeah. it. Yeah, especially with that rough exterior siding, oh. it seems like just to soak up all the paint in the nooks and crannies, so you're just like, you what you said, just kind of scooping it, it on yeah. there and yep. just like spreading yeah. it around. I, well, I feel like I do the same thing with the anchor seal when I'm sealing logs. And that's something you're supposed to put on thick. But I end up, like, scooping it with the paintbrush. Mm. Like, I get those free, you know, Menards does the free paintbrush after rebate thing. So I buy a bunch of them, and they go in my anchor seal bin. And I just scoop and slap. It's like mm. I'd almost be better to put it on with, like, a drywall knife or something. <laughs> you know? Just drywall mud right on the end of the log. But... So have you been look- working on anything, Logan? Um, so kind of funny i picked up last night i picked up a playhouse so uh our vice president here had a playset in his backyard for the last couple of years and he had posted on facebook like hey anybody want this we have to get rid of it because we're getting a pool put in and i was like well my kids have kind of wanted one for a while um my wife's talked about getting one and i'm too cheap to go like i'll spend Spend a couple hundred dollars on a hand plate, no problem. But man, you ask me to spend a thousand dollars on lumber to build a play set, no way. <laughs> like <laughs> priorities, man. Priorities. Yep. Sorry, kids. Yeah, sorry. Uh, but he had it, and it was a nice. It's a what brand was it? It's like Adventure or something. Adventure something. I don't know. It was an expensive play set. I think mm-hmm. when when they put it in, and he's like, to be honest with you, if you come and get it, you can have it for free. So I went over there yesterday afternoon after we had a meeting in the afternoon. Went over there, uh, him and I disassembled it and stacked it in my truck. Took two trips to get it to my house. So now I have a playset. A project. Yes, yeah. And, I mean, it's been in his yard for a couple years, so there's a couple things that need replaced on it and fixed. Um, But it's cedar. It needs pressure washed and restained. And that's why I was asking about how you would do yours, John, because it needs Mm. something put on it. Yeah, paints probably like a heavy coat of like latex or oil paint is probably the best because it's starting to get a little rough in some areas. Mm-hmm. Um, there ain't no way in the heck yeah. that I'm gonna brush it. So gonna... I think we still have some marine grade uh, epoxy paint from the boat. Yes, the epoxy paint. Yep. Um, but no, so I have that sitting at home, um, and my I need to start. Uh, in the next week and I'll probably start it when I'm in Vegas um, drawing and coming up with a plan for this humidor I'll be working on for Popwood. So oh, yeah. I got it's it's a couple issues out. Um, it will not be in the next issue. Uh, the next issue will have this shaker side table. Um but um yeah, I need to come up with some some decent drawings for it, so I kind of have a plan in my head. So then, I think I actually think before the humidor, I also am going to be working on a. Well, I'll be building the humidor first, 
because we double dip on our photo. So we have one photographer and jump back and forth between me and Dylan as we're doing the projects. Um, the next one will be a... Uh, actually, the next project that will appear that will be mine, I don't think will be the humidor. I think it will be a grill cart. Like, an actual grill cart. For, cart for your grill. Not, not what John <laughs> Not some janky not, curbside yes, free yes. grill cart. Yeah. So and I, so I, what you're going to do is go pick up a grill yes. from the side of the road and then redo it. But this time, instead of a grill, it's going to hold a grill. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, no, the uh, – I don't know if I talked about this or not. Did we talk about the Big Green Egg grill cart at all? No, no I we did. Remember. Okay. So I, I recently – purchased what's called a Kamado style grill. It's like the Big Green Egg. It's I bought an off-brand because, again, I'm too cheap to buy a Big Green Egg. Now, did you get the ceramic? It is or... ceramic. Okay. Because yeah. I know they make them in, like, cast iron or something, yeah. right? Yeah. Or... yeah. No, this, is like enameled, this is like enameled ceramic. Um, it's, it's like an off-brand. I bought the Aldi's version of the Big Green Egg, basically. Okay. Um, but uh, one of our issues for Hopwood that is going to be in the spring um, we are going to kind of do like a spring issue, so it will have like outdoor games, um, some grilling utensils, grill cart, stuff like that. So I thought I would, uh, I've seen in, I, in the Big Green Egg and, you know, Kamado's communities, these carts are really popular. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, I mean, the, the, the egg, the, the egg or the grill comes with a stand, but a lot of guys will put them inside of a cart. So you have some right. work surface, you can store your charcoal and your lighters and all that stuff. Um, yeah. So I think we're going to do one of those, and I think I'm going to do it out of that Iroko that I just oh, did for the yeah. top of the uh, uh, picnic table we did. But this begs an interesting question, and I want your guys' opinion on uh, when, because most of the time, these grill carts like this are designed, and if you buy a commercial one or if you build one, a lot of times people say this is not for pizza oven temperatures. Because you can get those up to, you know, 800 degrees. And I've seen a few of them that have the carts have lit on, lit on fire or mm-hmm. got scorched because the grill is so hot. Now, in normal grilling temperatures, the outside gets hot, but it's hot enough that you could touch it. And right. you're not going to get burned, but you're going to know, okay, that's hot. I don't want to touch it. Um, where, where, when does the liability come off of somebody designing and showing a project and go more towards the user. Now, I'm talking about the grill cart here, but something like, I mean, anything, anything like, like our boat that we built for Woodsmith, for example. Yeah. When when do you have to put common sense on people? Like, we designed mm-hmm. that boat for two or three people. What if somebody throws 12 people in there and all of a sudden we start getting hate mail that, hey, I, this boat sucks. I can't keep 12 people in it. It's like, well, yeah, <laughs> dummy. I can't pull yeah. a skier. You can't pull a skier. <laughs> um, like, I mean, it's, again, like uh, another good example is cribs. Not many woodworking publications do cribs anymore because there's so many regulations in place, and rightfully so. Right. Um, but... It, you know, if you go back 25, 30 years ago, there was a lot more crib designs out. Um, I guess when, where is the line drawn that, you know what, we can show you how to build it, but it's your responsibility on the use on it. Yeah. 
Just put the disclaimer for entertainment purposes only. Yes. There you go. Well, one thing to... Workbench Magazine, years and years ago, did a grill cart that you should look at. And I know that there was somebody that ended up who built it and ended up with a fire and there was some litigation surrounding it sure steve johnson might know more about it yeah um but i think it ended up being that the person who built it didn't follow the plans exactly or sure you know i think i'm trying to think now i feel like i've seen somewhere uh regulations or advice about how far away combustibles need to be from a grill. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, it's, again, it's one of those things that I just, it's just, to me, it's a very blurry line. It's like, yeah, there's regulations on it and stuff and we can follow those, but still, I mean, it's like, it's like anything. The user is responsible for their own safety. Like, Right. You know, if we show if we show a shop made machine, let's say a, a shop made lathe, and somebody builds it, and yeah, maybe they follow it precisely to a T, or maybe they don't, but they end up doing something unsafe with it. That's, in my opinion, not on us. That's on them. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, that's true. Common sense has to come into play somewhere, right? Right. Well, we've all you heard. Think. Common sense is not so common anymore. I've been doing that this entire show, but I realized it was on preview, so only I could hear it. <laughs> it's just, it's just in your head yeah. this whole time. Yeah, yep. Yeah. But no, it's just, it's one of those things that I know I'm gonna get. Yeah, feedback well, on it. You know, like yeah. Shop Notes built a a spray booth, mm-hmm. a mobile spray. booth. I think you ended up buying that at an auction, right? Yep. Now, and so it was community school district has it. Yeah, it was approximately the size of like a box truck yep um and we built it and talked about it right from the start that it was designed for non-flammable finishes and we nevertheless still got a bunch of hate on it about we didn't use an explosion proof fan or anti-arcing wiring in it and all this kind of stuff. And it was like, hey, you know what? Just relax. Yeah. <laughs> I tell my wife that sometimes. Yeah. You're overreacting. Yes. Calm yeah. down. It always diffuses the situation. And, yeah. and you want to be safe about stuff, which is why we tried to be very clear in disclaimers. Yep. But on the other hand, you know, a lot of the regulations that are that exist for stuff, especially around like spray booths, are in commercial and industrial settings where you are going to have higher volumes of finish, higher levels of solvent, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're using a rattle can to spray a little jewelry chest, it's, that's a lot different than being in an industrial spray booth that is standing there for 12 hours a day, spraying catalyzed kitchen cabinets. Yes. That are on a conveyor that are just coming through and they're spraying hundreds of them a day. Yeah. So, I I mean, personally, I always say it's natural selection. Like, it's the universe's way of weeding out people that <laughs> need common sense. 
But, again, that being said, I think everybody is always responsible for their own safety. Like, you should have a pretty good sense of self-preservation. Right? Like, right. My, my, my youngest child does not. He has no sense of self-preservation. Like, he's like, a deck? Yeah, 12 foot. I could jump that. <laughs> and he'll try. But it's, I don't know. It, it's just an interesting thought because I know I have seen other woodworkers that sell plans and stuff build, you know, grill carts or, you know, catapults or, you know, uh, ballistas. You know, just stuff that's kind of fun but could, could be dangerous. Right. And they get a lot of criticism for it. But it's like, you know what, guys, settle down. Use your brain. You got a brain for a reason. Use it. Be safe. You know, I'm not. we're not here to hold anybody's hand most of the time. How do you think of that, John? Because I know as a designer, you know, we'll get asked, like, what's the weight capacity of this bookshelf? <laughs> or, right. you know... I how, much, this how much weight can that bed hold? And it's like, well, really the only way to find out is load it to capacity and then back it up, break it. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then, you know, it could still be different for the way you built it or the wood you used or the grain that you picked or, so it's, it's kind of hard, like on one-off stuff, like the projects we do and we're not in an industrial setting. And so it's. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not a litigation lawyer, so I couldn't tell you yeah. who who is liable. But, yes, there is a lot of gray area and all, all of that. So I would think that, you know, a lot of it would fall on the end user. I mean, we try to show as safe as possible and uh, follow a lot of the regulations. Like, I know Dylan is doing a flammables case and... He went through a lot of the, the the regulations on that stuff, and you know, follow them as 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 good as you can. And yeah, that's it. That's an interesting. I I completely forgot that that project hasn't even been photographed yet. It's just mm -hmm. the wall hanging flammables cabinet to contain flammable finishes and solvents and stuff. Um, it's another. I mean, yeah, that's another instance of don't store dynamite in it. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but it's also one of those things where there are guidelines. Yeah, right. And it's you might not think of it that you can make a cabinet to store finishing supplies out of wood-based materials and be okay, but there are guidelines in terms of construction because it's the idea behind it is to keep fire out of it for as long as possible. You know, it's not built to contain fire, yep. but to keep the finishes protected in there so that they don't contribute to a fire for as long as you can. So, yeah. Interesting concept. I mm -hmm. I didn't know you could order one inch thick MDF. Oh, yeah. That stuff was nasty. Yeah, like, it, it was, was like ex exterior grade, too, I think. Yeah, it was like yeah. 120 pounds for that sheet or something. It was ridiculously heavy. <laughs> and Dylan got it onto the table himself. <laughs> I don't know how he did yeah. that. It's very wiry. Yeah. Yep. I think the best part was he had the case all glued up and some of the joints were a little mis not misaligned, but you know, just had some 
because there's rabbit joints and whatnot yeah. in there, and it were just had some overhanging material. And he just grabs one of our Veritas number four planes and just oh. goes at it. And he surfaced basically surfaced the whole thing. It's like, mm -hmm. raise your hand if you've planed MDF. <laughs> you can send your hate mail to dbaker at amedia.com. Yeah. And Joe Doyle and Phil yep. Huber. I plane MDF and plywood routinely. And I find that it works outstanding. Hmm. I have no problem taking my block plane to it, but not my smoother or my joiner. Right. I mean, I, you know, I think we've talked about this before. I have a plane where I kind of yeah. have it dedicated plane. as a, as a plywood plane or whatever, but yeah, it works really well. Does a great job. All right. I think that wraps up another episode of the Shop Notes podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or smart remarks about what you've heard in today's episode, uh, we've got a lot to inspire your commentary on today. <laughs> Please leave it in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube, or you can send it to us, woodsmith at woodsmith.com. One of the things I'd like to do going forward is reading more of our comments that we get. Uh, on upcoming episodes. If you have a question that you want to have answered, we will do our best to address it. If you have something you want Logan to see while he's at AWFS next week in Las Vegas, send it our way. Otherwise, we will see you again next week on another episode of the Shop Notes Podcast. Bye, everybody. This episode of Shop Notes Podcast is brought to you by Woodsmith Plans. You'll find nearly a 1,000 plans covering everything that you'd want to build. From furniture projects to gift projects, kitchen accessories, workshop projects and jigs and more. Find your next project at woodsmithplans.com.